Hello, my friend. I'm Nat Fox, and welcome to the Risk Takers podcast. In 2012, I took a risk, resigned from my job, which was very scary, and I asked myself, what would I do for free? What would I love to do even if I wasn't getting paid? My answer was traveling, writing, and encouraging people. Now, I had many moments of freaking out, of course, but this led me off the beaten path to become curious, to ask questions. I ended up becoming a travel writer, a tour guide to Alaska. I moved to Hong Kong, Boston, and New York twice, all without knowing a soul. I wrote a mentoring program, became a radio host. Each of these things have one thing in common. I took a massive risk. Now, I've had my share of challenges. I've faced a lot of pain, as we all have, and I'll share more of these stories as we go along. But I wanted to create this platform to gather together some of the biggest dreamers, the most amazing creative minds that I know. When we were little, we took risks, we dreamt big, and somewhere along the way, we kind of lost part of ourselves. And so I would love to encourage us all to bring that part of us back, to awaken that part of us. And so that's what this podcast is all about, to remind us who we truly are, how brave and uniquely special we are and that we all have something beautiful to bring this world. So I'm on a mission to inspire 1 million people to take the risk they've always dreamed of. Welcome to the Risk Takers podcast. I'm cheering you on and here's today's episode. Our very special guest is international photographer, author, creative coach, Carla Colson. At age 35, Carla was feeling unsettled, living in Sydney. She took a huge inspiring risk and moved to Italy and life just opened up beautifully to her because she said yes to herself. Uh, Carla's work has been featured in Harper's Bazaar, Marie Claire, Gourmet Traveller, to name a few. She's published eight books with Penguin, a combination of her own books and collaborating beautifully with others. Carla is passionate about mental health. She's been on a big health journey herself um, and she, one of her greatest joys in her words is helping you say yes to yourself so you can bring that dream to life, baby. Welcome to the Risk Takers, Carla Colson. Oh, what an intro, Nat. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling a bit fabulous this morning. Thank you very much. Oh, you are nice you're so happy well. to be here. Oh, I'm so excited. When I was planning to launch this podcast, you know, you were the first guest that I had on the radio show and I just thought this is such a sweet um yeah, I thought of you and I thought you yeah, have to have you on because you've been such a big inspiration to me and yeah, we've connected so well over Thank the years. You. Yes, yes, yes. Um so risk taking, uh, you know a lot about this. Uh, I wanted to start before we go into your amazing story. Um, have you always been a risk taker? Have you always been curious and adventurous as a young child, you know, in your early sort of in your 20s? How did that all work for you? Okay, so I come from a family and they're definitely adventurous. So particularly my mother, I've really had a chance to study mum and dad over the last particularly, you know, sort of four or five years mm. since when I've become a life coach. Um, and also, you know, moving to Italy, that gave me a really good chance to reflect on my life because it was just so different, you know, when I lived in Italy. So adventurous for sure. So my mother, when we were young, you know, on weekends, every weekend my mother and father would take us somewhere different and we lived in the country. So we moved from Burke to Mudgee to Port Macquarie. So they would be really simple outings that would be to a river or um, to the beach or with a whole bunch of other families and we would go somewhere new. And I think this actually set me up in my youth mm. to handle change. We'd even do things like go and have a picnic in a graveyard or <laughs> these kind of wacky sort of things. She wasn't wacky, but she just sort of was open, I guess you would say. She wasn't fearful. So mum really set us up to be adventurous. But in my 20s and 30s, that really, I, I shut that down. 
So when I was 16, we moved to the city, sort of I had my heart broken in a way. I moved away from where I was living at the time. I was living in Port Macquarie and I lived, you know, just having this fabulous life of a 16-year-old uh, with all these wonderful things going on and I lost my clan, you know, or my tribe of friends. So I moved to the big city and became very insular because, you know, we'd spent our whole lives together as a family moving around and I think a lot of us felt like, you know, it was one time too many. Mm. And particularly I felt that way. And I just didn't want to know about anyone anymore. <laughs> I didn't yeah. want to really know about new situations. So I also lost my self-esteem, my confidence. I started having a whole bunch of problems that would sort of, you know, manifest themselves truly in my 30s. And I think that, you know, that adventurous spirit sort of started to get dulled and I became, you know, I got myself into a life that wasn't what I wanted. So therefore I became, became a routine. Mm. I felt like sometimes my soul was dying. Yeah. I didn't know really how to fix it because I, you know, I just got taken dramatically off one path and put on another, another path. And I didn't know, didn't have any skills really to, to really get back on the other path. So yeah, I'd say I was adventurous and I lost that. Mm. And I think that's something that so many of us can resonate with because we, we are a certain way often as children and in our teen years before we learn the ways of the world or before things happen to us, you know, trauma, and then we forget who we are or we forget those innate, true, authentic qualities. And it sort of feels like they're buried inside us and we never really lose who we are but it sort of gets covered up and then something in life like you said you felt stuck but you needed to yeah you lost yourself and I I can totally relate to that and it's like the real us is kind of underneath trying to get out (laughs) and sometimes it takes you know a tragedy or something um a wake-up call to get us to do that um Mm -hmm. yeah so what was it for you that that changed that got you um, from that place to where you are now? In my mid-30s, so, you know, in my 20s, I sort of started to find my feet uh, in Sydney and I was living a life that still probably would really, I know now was not authentic to me at all, Mm. but I, you know, was very uncomfortable and insecure around guys. So I ended up becoming addicted to sleeping tablets in my mid to late 20s when I would go, I remember I broke up with a guy and I couldn't sleep at night and someone prescribed me sleeping tablets. I didn't know any other way to deal with this this brain that I just couldn't turn off about, you know, really I guess it was about fear and the future and what would I do and, you know, also the pain really that I, I guess caused him. But every time I'd meet somebody, my whole self-esteem was really an outward thing. So it was all about whether somebody liked me. Mm. And as the years went on and I got more and more insecure, I basically became more and more addicted to sleeping tablets until I literally um, woke up one day on the bathroom floor and almost didn't wake up. Mm. So that helped me. Um, that was my, my, I had a choice then to either, you know, do something. So I, I fortunately found my way to a magnificent Ayurvedic doctor who helped me get off those and then who actually straight away taught me to breathe and how to put myself back to sleep. Obviously, it wasn't 
um, you know, super just click your fingers and that happened. But I did start learning natural techniques to help me sleep and I still use them today. So that was my very, very first big wake up call when I started to ask myself questions like, um, are the people around me serving me? Do I want to go here? What self-care? What have, have I ever put myself first? You know, they started to point out to me that I really never, ever put myself first. So that was the very, very, very beginning of me starting to wake up. And then I was a couple of years later, you know, I was sort of searching in a, in a way for a better life when I got my famous best gift ever <laughs> on Christmas in 1999 um, of winner, not even runner up, winner of the tie takeaway um, best, the person who had literally in the most high takeaway in my local tie takeaway in Sydney. And that was it. That was the, you know, I was an, awake enough to, to see the sign. And so, uh, you know, my life literally changed in a couple of hours mm. because I, I was so mortified and upset and I just could see my life to, would be exactly the same when I was 60. You know, I'd be single, lonely, not liking what I did. So I just, you know, I couldn't even speak. I was so upset. I mean, it's funny. It's hilarious now, but it wasn't funny. In the then. moment. Oh, and my gosh. Just, yeah i know so i just picked up the phone and spoke to my business partner in what's going on and in that moment i just said the truth you know i it was the first there was two big truths in life the first time i had to go and tell my parents and people i loved that i was taking sleeping tablets and i got out of control and the second time was when i went and told him that you know my life sucks and i feel unloved and unrewarded and you know lacking passion and all the things I care about. And, you know, the truth literally liberated me twice from my head, my heart, my whole energy field. Everything changed when I had the courage to tell somebody else my truth or even probably tell myself whether I don't even know whether I told myself the truth till it actually left my mouth those two times. So that was really extraordinary to, uh, you know, tell the truth and then actually have people accept it and say okay mm. where do we go from here so yes that was the beginning of me taking risks was actually telling the truth yes oh because I think a lot of the time the reason we don't take risks um is because of the stories we tell ourselves about what what we're not what you know not good enough or what other people are going to think we worry about being validated so often by other people and but telling the truth to ourselves first, but then speaking it. That's why therapy is so amazing because you, you just, and you feel safe yeah. and you feel safe to be yourself. And it's wild when you first open your mouth up and say, this is what I'm feeling. And, you know, the therapist will say, oh, that's completely normal. Yep. And you're like, what? <gasps> it just feels, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing when you, yeah, it's, it's validated and you don't feel like, you know, the only freak on the planet. Yeah. Issue. Yeah. yeah, and I, I think that's a lot of um, the reason why we don't take risks is because we feel like we're the only one feeling like that. And so that's why I wanted to do this podcast as well is just to share all of it and, and the amazing inspiring stories but also the reality of pain and anxiety and, and depression and things like that that we all feel and we, you know, feel, talk about fear as well because resistance is, is you know, it's such a powerful force but... It's so it's 
we all feel it and we're all on this, you know, facing different journeys and fear on different levels. So you decided you're 35 and you're like, I need to do something. And so <laughs> most people might just change their job or get it, move a new house, but you took it a little bit further and the risk that you took was just something for how did you know what was the risk that you took and how did you know that it was right well the risk I took was for me not a risk the risk was not taking it Mm. so I had got to a point where I knew my life was so toxic to me that I yeah I just knew it my body knew it everything knew it my my business partner used to laugh at me and say oh my god it takes like a team of people to keep you on the road like he used (laughs) he used to sort of refer to me like you know a car like you know how many panel beaters were looking after me and it was so true you know I had a team of of acupuncturists and wellness people that literally kept a very unhappy person standing up Mm. and so the risk for me was staying so when I you know and I think this is the thing that you know it's really important for people to hear is that you know everything's a very small step so my first step was the truth then my second step was okay, wow, I can go off, which is we agreed to, let me go for a year. So that was still safe. It was like, oh, you know, I'm not going to lose anything. I can still come back. Uh, And then I wrote a list of things that I believed were, I I didn't know what I wanted. This was really complicated for me. So I just wrote the things I didn't want Mm. or the feelings I, I would like, like passion or excitement or adventure. So I just started formulating this list of things that I could check out. Uh, so things like move to the country or go get a different job or uh, learn a language or things that I thought I liked. And interesting, photography was not on that list. Mm. So, you know, this is something I really learned about the process and people, um, particularly people who don't want to take risks and are fearful, do not enjoy the process. And there is no guarantees. There was absolutely no guarantee. I couldn't get a guarantee from anyone or anything to say, this is going to be okay, Carla. Mm -hmm. But I had to just trust the first part of the process, which was make the list and go do one thing on that list. And, you know, and so that, you know, going out to the outback and doing a swap uh, for a month out there. And the great thing about doing that and taking even that risk, because it was kind of, you know, it was, was with somebody through somebody we knew. So that sort of felt safe. It always felt uncomfortable, but, out there you know this is the magic i always say to people in my course like the magic is in the doing when you go and do something you get information and out there in the outback i got more information about where to go next and if i hadn't taken that step i Mm. wouldn't have got the next part of my my information let's call it that so you know then i went off and did something else so basically all of the things that you you know there are no guarantees firstly but if you're willing just to take one little step and just when you get to there, just take the next step and just know that's as complicated as it has to be. Um, and every time you do take that step, you get you get more information. And when you have some information, you feel safe. Yeah. It's like, okay, that was really not the right choice for me out there in the outback. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to move out there to a wheat farm in the middle of WA. But it was, you know, so valuable going. And, you know, obviously being connected to nature and all sorts of other things, but um, just to get the information to go, okay, right, that thing wasn't for you, so where are you going to go now? So I think that's the thing if people, you know, 
frightened to do anything or they're, you know, in their comfort zone in their life but dying Mm -hmm. of their souls are sort of dying, then just know the magic is out of your comfort zone and you will be okay with, you know, taking that steps. And it's in the process of taking the steps there's all this magic starts to unravel and you can only get that if you're willing to take the step. Yeah. And it's it's encouraging to think that it's all it's all wrapped up in us and and the things that we love and the things that make us our, our true selves that that's that's why I love talking so much about childhood and being childlike and um, children are so great at dreaming and and being whimsical and because they yeah they just play with toys that they love and that bring them joy and and if something is not bringing them joy they're like I don't want to play with it and so but we often feel stuck that we have to keep playing with this toy that we don't want to play with and because we've written, written the rules for ourselves and we're like hang on a minute and we say I can you see it in so in other people they should do that because you know they're obviously not happy but in ourselves often it takes takes a little bit um it's a bit more yeah it takes bravery of course to to figure yeah, out and I to be curious it, yeah I think it takes bravery but people used to say this to me all the time I even wrote this in Italian joy like people go oh my god you're so brave and I kind of remember looking at them thinking are you mad <laughs> I was it was fear like actually that made me keep going. It was mm. fear of being in the wrong life a minute longer. Yeah. So I think um, you can use, you can look at it either way. Yeah. You know, like you can use your fear to push you. Yep. Or you can use your fear to stay where you are. So you know, uh, fear can be a really useful tool depending on how you use it. So for me, it was just like once I got out and I eventually got to Italy and I just was in this life I loved. I was like, I am not going back to that life. Mm. So all the action I kept taking uh, thereafter was really based on being trapped again. And so I used my fear in a positive way. It's like, oh, oh, no, I'm not going back. <laughs> Take that, Make a call that makes you feel uncomfortable or go do something that will keep you, allow you to keep living this life. Yeah. When we talk about creativity, so everyone would say that you are, super creative and a lot of people would say, you know, oh, I'm not creative or I'd love to be creative but, you know, I'm quite administrative and so this is kind of who I am. I know that you've got something really interesting to say because you weren't always, you know, you weren't always a photographer and you, when you moved to Italy and started exploring yourself and discovering yourself, can you speak about creativity and what you, what you feel about that? Well, I think the very first thing that every single human being needs to just accept is that we are all creative. Mm. Whether we like it or not, we are creating our reality or we're creating stuff every day. We're creating cakes, we're writing letters, we're creating Excel files, we're creating anything. Everything's creative, you know, the way you think. You know, just have an idea, oh, I'll go plant this out the back, you know, I'll put all these colours together. Everything we do is creative. So I think the very first thing is just to take away all of the labels of what creativity is. Mm. You know, um, we are just creators. Um, so that's very important to me. I was one of those total ones. I was scared of creatives actually because I had boxed myself into the sporty but not the creative gang. And even though when I look back, you know, like I had a really um, creative auntie, my mum was actually quite creative, like, you know, later in life when she gave herself time. But I was just um, being creative again up till I was 16 and just got off that path. So 
the thing that I just saw, told myself, like learning people just, oh, I'm not creative. No, 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 I couldn't do that. I can't, you know, and so I just didn't, um, I didn't try or I did try and then sometimes it didn't work out. So I just go, oh yeah, that's right. You're not creative. So just don't do that again. So for me, when I you know, had to find this new life of mine, I was over in Italy and I remember the lady I lived with who was this wonderful poppy it came down to the moment you've got to go home and sort out this business so what are you going to do and she said why don't you become a photographer because you love taking pictures and it was really interesting having having her outside point of view because I had never ever thought of myself um I've never thought of doing I knew I wanted to do something that I loved and I knew I wanted to do something that brought passion and reward and all I did like doing really was that was the only thing I could come up with after this year off sort of thing <laughs> So I sort of said to myself, okay, I'll become a photographer. I didn't know anything about it. But I think the thing that what I did like, I did have and was I liked it. I was, you know, curious about taking pictures and I still, you know, I was taking my camera on automatic and all those sorts of things. And it was really when I stepped into a dark room and it was, I remember the first time this picture came up in the, the developer and it was just magical. Mm. You know, you're in the dark room, this red light on, and this is slowly, 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 slowly coming up this image. And I was like, wow, just felt like magic. And I was like, oh, I want to do that again and again and mm. again. And I became uh, really, really uh, sort of obsessed with it. But I loved it for so many reasons because, you know, I was in a country that was really exciting to me at the time. I really didn't have you know, I got, I got to start to become myself because I didn't have my family around me or friends or expectations. I had no expectations. So I just go out every day and I go, oh, that's fun. I'll take a picture of that. Yeah. Or, oh, you know, I just started looking at things and being curious about things I liked and then just really trying to get better at it. And I think what I discovered for me was that this person that I thought wasn't creative was actually creative, but it was really more about me putting the time and energy into it. So I think what a lot of people expect from creativity is that, oh, I'll just, you know, sit down at the piano and I'll be, you know, a penis tomorrow, mm -hmm. or I'll pick up a pencil and sketch out some sort of, you know, incredible artwork. Well, all creativity, like everything in life, needs you to stick with it and needs you to uh, like it. So often I think with creativity is people choose the wrong, yeah. they choose something that they don't really connect with. So, mm. you know, just also about allowing yourself to keep going and connect, you know, find something you connect with. And then if you find that slow burn of like curiosity, oh, I like this, this feels good, allow yourself to keep doing it. I mean, for me, I, I really felt in those early days of photography, it was just like a love affair. It was the same feeling I'd almost had for love of another human being or, when, you know, in, in those first sort of moments when you fall in love with somebody. And it was like I just wanted us to be together all the time, you know, me in photography. And it was, I didn't want in that point, even though I'd always had on my list that I wanted to fall in love or be loved or whatever, I didn't care anymore because I had this love. And so often, you know, I, I joke now that, you know, I used to take photography with me on the weekends and we'd go off and take pictures and, you know, I'd have my camera and we'd I'd get on the train to all sorts of different destinations in Italy. And it just felt like I had this, this person with me or this thing with me, this love. And so I think that's the thing about creativity is allowing yourself to do stuff you really like and not to logically 
think, oh, I need to become a you know concert pianist or I need to become uh, an artist or whatever. It's just like let yourself dig around, scratch around a bit, see what you like. Uh, and that could be gardening. It could be, you know, you want to be you bake cakes. It could be needlework. It could be doing Excel files, you know, all sorts of things can be uh, creative, creative and it doesn't matter what it is. The thing that matters is that you you have a feeling of connection or, or enjoyment yeah. uh, from it. And I think that's really important to allow yourself to, to do something you like because from there you can go anywhere. Yeah, and I think it's it seems such a wild concept to uh, to 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 be so led by joy, and in society it feels um, I don't know that there's this underlying should of what my life should be like, or you know, comparing to other people. Whereas when we follow joy, um, and I think joy is it's like a lamppost to who we are and what we love to do and when we kind of let go. And I love that you said, yeah, you just kind of lose yourself. And when you were learning to take photos and you just wanted to be with photography, like as it was just making you come alive and then you feel like yourself. And so that's a clue and, and whether it, and it will take a little while sometimes to find that, but um, it's sort of going on this little whimsical adventure and allowing ourselves to do that and, and saying, creating, um, giving ourselves permission to do that. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I, I just say it over and over to my, you know, I, sometimes I feel like I'm so repetitive, but, you know, the most complicated thing for the human being to do is to allow themselves joy, to say yes to themselves about whatever it is that makes themselves feel good. And for some reason we get told from a very, um, I think when we're children we've, we're totally in tune with that. You know, mm. like, oh, we'll go and play over here, or we'll go and do this, or we, yep. you know, um, you know. But when we become adults, you know, it's like, oh, it's time to grow up and go and do things that feel really uncomfortable and hard work and exhausting, and then that's where you need to put your energy. But I have learned, and I've seen people, so many people that I've coached and uh, others who live their life, you know, intuitively. If if you just allow yourself to do things that feel good, and let that be your rudder. Your, that will take you wherever you need to go because your people will be there, mm. you know. And it could be something as simple as starting today. Like if you like swimming instead of playing tennis, you think, like, I need to play tennis because I should. But you really just want to go for a swim at the beach. Go to the beach. The more that you feel good, the more you'll start to attract into your life other things and other people, the right people that you feel good. Like I attracted my entire world of the people I've been waiting for <laughs> when I became a photographer. It's like, Oh gosh, you know, mm. we could talk about things that we had in common. We could talk about subjects that we both were all interested in. We were talking about something also that wasn't about talking about other people. We were like, you know, we were talking about all sorts of, you know, cameras or, you know, the story of photography. And we had this common thing uh, in, in common. And I think that's the thing about the feel good. You, people think, oh, that will take me nowhere, but actually it will take you everywhere. Mm. And, and joy is just so underrated. It's, it's sold to us in an indulgence. It's actually the, the most spiritual thing you can do is be joyful. So therefore, if you allow yourself to have the joy, it will help you attract, you know, everything that you want into your life. But convincing people that, not that I want to convince anyone of anything, but, you know, allowing themselves to do what feels good 
um, I think that's really hard for people to grasp. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. And it's, it's um, yeah, I think it's, I had a conversation the other day with a few best friends and we uh, were talking, I was talking about this, you know, this podcast and how I'm like, <laughs> it's, and doing new things all the time. And, and uh, another friend said to me, she she's going overseas for a few months and she was afraid because she's going with her family. And she said, um, what would Nat do? And I was like, oh, that's the most, that's the most encouraging thing. Um, but these two friends were just talking about, and I said, what, what would you, if you were, you know, at the end of your life um, and looking back over your life and all the people you'd met and all the things you'd done and not like in a, in a um, fearful way, but just what were the things, if, if you hadn't done something, what would you feel sad that you hadn't done? Um, because you you know that you've always wanted to do it and it does bring you so much joy and what are the things and we had this amazing conversation and we were crying and just talking about these things these dreams that we've had you know since we were younger and um, I think it's when you get down to the heart of it and why we're here on earth and and the unique passions and things that we each that make make us unique and these dreams in our hearts, when you kind of get, when you think about, okay, what, what do you, what, what will you get to the end of your life? And if you haven't done it, you would feel regret, but also just sad because you love it so much. And um, I think it's a really interesting question and getting to the point of how do you cross that line? And it's, I think it's actually being kind to yourself and being discovering your authentic self and then encouraging yourself to actually do it. Yeah, I guess I, I've i had 20 years of doing that. Some days I feel like I'm the most spoilt person on the planet because of the way society would think of me. <laughs> but what I know is every human being is here with some special gift. And I know that they've probably read that on every quote on Instagram and it probably makes them think, oh, my God, that is just <laughs> ridiculous. But you know you're not here there's no extra human beings like you you do have something special and you are allowed to have joy and you are allowed to feel good and you know you can start with something very simple and um move towards that today like you don't have to i think one of the things i certainly felt when i was young was that i had to wait like when i got to a certain place then i would be allowed goodness or i got to you know, my retirement, I'd be allowed to finally be free and do what I wanted to. And I think that mentality is a very, very old mentality. And um, I think for me, asking myself, what would I, what are my regrets? You know, I can really only come up with one. (laughs) Would just be possibly, you know, spending more time with the people I loved. Mm. Because my tendency is that I love what I do so much that I can just become so wrapped up in that. And I guess the only regret I would have is that I, you know, just to be more mindful that, okay, you know, you love what you do, but just make sure you love those around you. Mm. So, you know, that's my mission um, every day is to be conscious but make sure that there it's a nice balance it is yeah it's such a balance Carla isn't it super excited about change and creativity and women and purpose and all that sort of stuff and to say okay okay but you just you know make sure you love a husband <laughs> <laughs> so so that's i'm working on that that's my work in progress now but i must admit you know over the last 20 years i've really had 
some of the most beautiful, incredible experiences. And I, I, I don't want to say this sounds so egotistical, but I feel like I've, I would be able to go to, would be able to die. Mm. Happy. Well, that is, but that's, that's exactly why I'm talking to you because I know that I love that you take life, you know, by the horns or whatever you say, whatever that saying is, you take it and yeah. you, you run with it. And, um, what you said about the the greater risk is is not doing the thing is is actually staying and when you have these conversations um and everybody has their thing even if they're you know a big um risk taker in one area or they want their you know maybe one portion of their life like they're sporty and they they're really great at that but then there's always this this fear of like oh I really want to do this and it get you get to the point where you think I I have to do this because it's 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 part of my purpose here on earth. And like you said, we're all here um, with our own unique passions and, and you know, what are we waiting for? Like we're alive. Life is so beautiful and this year has obviously taught us like never before to take, not take things for granted and to be so thankful for the little tiny things and just community, yeah, and kindness and acts of kindness and connecting with people and... Walking out your front door. yes. <laughs> I know. Going to the pub. <laughs> I know. Going to the cinema. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. it's it puts everything in perspective and I mean if if anything yeah. we we have to just say we're alive, we're breathing and who are we meant to connect with today or who are we meant to bring some kindness to today or or collaborate with on a project or life is about relationships and and um yeah, and I think it's yeah. it's about just being awake and conscious to the beauty in whether whether it's just the tiniest little go for a walk and see a bird coming out of a bird box, a bird a birdhouse like I did this morning, or and even just conversations with you. You know, this is just like such a joy. It brings me so much happiness and to connect with people on different levels. And I think. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that you're doing so beautifully with your mentoring program, you know, helping people say yes to themselves and inspiring women and inspiring all of us to back ourselves and to, to take that teeny risk, whatever it is, or to, and to follow that joy. Yeah, I, I, one of the things I just want to say, Nat, I think, you know, failure is just so overrated. Mm. Um, you know, I'm, I did have the great fortune of having a mother that just, never you know we kind of didn't have that word in our vocabulary so I really had a great head start mm. and I know everybody didn't, doesn't have that head start but you know every great thing that's ever happened in my life happened because I failed yeah you know, there has never been anything good that's just come from everything being swimming mm-hmm. you know? yeah um, great stuff the growth is when it's tough yeah. So I just don't really have that in my vocabulary. It's quite funny because my husband and I have totally different upbringings and totally different experiences. And he just looks at my life sometimes and goes, oh, my God, you just create, there's just so many problems in your life. I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, for me, there's just like literally no problems. And it's just a mindset. Yeah. You know, I don't see things that don't work or difficulties as big deals. I just see them as, okay, something to either find a solution for or, okay, what can I learn from this? Because the most magnificent things that have happened to me in my life were when the thing got the toughest, it was the most difficult. And I think that's the thing. 
is to allow yourself to say, you don't want to live in a cotton ball world. <laughs> yeah. Um, that be willing to say, let's go on this rodeo ride. Okay, we're going to cry some days. And some days we're going to scream like a crazy woman with joy from the top of the roller coaster. And then we'll go back down the bottom. But it's, it's being willing to go on the emotional ride mm. and say, okay, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy a ticket to this ride called life. And, you know, it's change your mindset about failure. Yeah. See failure as a good thing. What can I learn from here? If I didn't do this, I wouldn't be my next port of call. So it's really an enormous opportunity to grow. And the, the one other thing I do want to say that, tell me if I'm getting off subject. Um, I think that the biggest thing, you know, well, a lot of the, the failure, the concept of the failure is also just in the fear. Mm. Um, you know, so many people I see in coaching, you know, um, it's, it's just so many people live their life not even starting things because of the fear of failure. Yeah. So they just think, oh, I'll fail, so I won't even start that. But most of our fear is just stories we're telling ourselves. We yeah. are not in reality. So it's a really good thing people really see when they're either fearful is to see, actually, that hasn't even happened yet. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking that. You know, it's just I'm inventing my fear. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's to get back into reality. It's like, okay, no, I'm actually safe here right now. Everything's okay. I'm just thinking that. Now yeah. I'm not scared. So I think that's the thing, one of the things I just wanted to. No, that's really perfect. About failure. And pain, you know, that's the other thing, like you said, about pain. Like, yeah. You know, um, we all experience pain. And we've been sold that we need to dull that down. We need to take pills. We need to you know just have this life where it is just flatlining no feel some pain sometimes Mm -hmm. you know feel how hurt feel how much it feels to love somebody or feel how much it feels that it hurts to have a broken heart or feel how much you know it's amazing to just see that dog that you love um hug its owner i don't know (laughs) but you know pain Again, of course, I'm not talking about people who are in extreme chronic pain, but we see, you know, pain can be used in the most amazing way as well. It's like, okay, if your life's painful enough or you are in pain, change something. Yeah. Use that pain. Yeah. So I think, you know, we, the, 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 another fear is that we just stay in these lives that are so pain free and so safe that you, you're killing yourself regardless. Mm. Well, you know, you're killing your soul. Yeah, I know. I've actually, yeah, I've had this conversation with so many people because, I mean, pain and failure are part of life and we run from them because we think it's not success and it's it's not good or it's just we've just been taught that for, to, to run from it, that it's not something to be friends with. And so, but these are the things that actually make us, pain connects us like like never before you know yeah. if, if you're yeah. sharing your heart yeah. with someone that you have been through this terrible time or are going through it we all know what that feels like and so we, we just feel like we have to always hide it which is actually ludicrous when you think about it um and I often think you know if we all walked around with a little sign above our head you know experience like sharing what we're going through and what we're feeling oh, my goodness, we would just be so connected and everyone would just be kinder. I don't know. But but I just think that it's actually a signpost of success to to have failure and embrace it, which it's not easy to do. I'm not saying that. But 
but just um, having it as part of our narrative for life and teaching mm. kids that, like, it's just part of... Or redefining failure. Like, yeah. what is failure technically? What is your definition of failure? Yeah. Like, that's the thing I, I would say to everybody, like, it's, when, is it a fa- when is it failure? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. when is something, you know, when have you failed? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, where's the line when it was... Um, you know, a good experience or it was productive or was the greatest, you know, what else is there? You know, why do we define things as something that's failed? That's yeah. an interesting, I think, discussion to if everybody asks themselves, you know, like, you know, when, why, why do we use that word? Or when is it, when has it gone over the line that's, that's failed? Because people might be using it way too frequently. Like, I agree. You know, if they're saying that they're failing all the time but it might be just no you're just not trying harder oh no no you need to do more of this you need to do more of that and you know they're labeling everything they do as a failure which is um it's possibly you know again by literally using that word or the label mm. they're boxing themselves into something that's just not true yeah and i think another another thing i love to look at is um, like w- what we've been talking about is things that bring us joy. And so we all have things that bring us joy and we love doing it and we all have things that, that we're just not interested in. And when we think about our strengths, um, like I love to um, strengths find out, you know, when you when you do those strengths um, okay. questionnaires and things like that. And I actually learned a lot about myself because I have been the type to – you know, beat myself up if I'm not good at this or thinking I need to be good at everything. Um, and then if I'm, if I'm failing, you know, at, at something, then it's, I need to be successful at everything, which is actually impossible. But when you look at things, your strengths, and that's why you, you bring that to the world, to projects that you're on, to, you, you know, family, and then other people, we, we can't all be good at everything. So if you actually look at it logically, um we we bring these certain things to the table to the world our gifts and then someone else will bring something different and then the power and the beauty of collaboration in that honest expression is actually so magical and i think that's why collaboration is so beautiful and um i'm sure you've experienced that because the things you've had so many amazing collaborations um whereas and and the thing that you've created out of that collaboration if you had have looked at, you know, doing the whole project on yourself, by yourself, you might not have been able to to create something so beautiful. That's right. Yes, I think nobody should ever expect everything from one person or themselves. Mm. Like, you know, a lot of people go into relationships and they think, oh, my God, I'm going to find the perfect partner. You know, that's too much weight to put on anyone in life or even to ask for yourself. So I think, first of all, we just have to allow ourselves that, we don't have to be good at everything. Yeah. The other thing I want to say, I was, it was making me laugh when you were before about the concept of failure. I am good at failing. Like mm, the strength of mine yeah. is that I am good at failing in the sense that I fail all the time, but I just don't use that word and I don't care about it. Yeah. It's like, oh, that thing, yep, moving on from that. <laughs> so, you know, my husband, you know, he won't, for example, he's he's got a whole different other thing where he won't start things till it's perfect, yep. which, of course, is a different mindset to mine. But I have got good at failing in the sense that, you know, okay, I'll go over here, I can improve it over here, I'll move over here. So that's just something I want to add. Um, mm. But 
Yes, I think so. That's That can be a strength that you start to embrace the concept of things just don't have to be perfect all the time and that when they're not perfect, what do you do next? And that's just the next step rather than I'll quit now. I think that's the other thing in, in regards to failure is that people just quit too early. You know, they're really impatient. And, you know, the a lot of the thing I've seen with creatives and um, with myself as well, like there's so many times in a project I want to actually quit but the by sticking with and asking myself deeper questions like what's wrong with this Mm. what else could I do how could I keep working on this and then having another go that's when the magic comes so I think you know failure is also a a part of our life that we just want instant gratification all the time yeah we don't want to stick at things we're impatient and we don't see that as a good quality it's like it's almost like a quality that nobody wants to embrace. Mm. So that's um, I I think that's a lot to do. Sorry, back onto the failure discussion, yeah. but I think that's um, that's something that really you know, really inhibits so many people is that they're not willing to, you know willing to to uh, stick with it. Mm. But in regards to collaboration, I think collaboration is just one of the most glorious things on the planet mm-hmm. because you are bringing you know it's like making an amazing soup where you get to, you know, everyone bring all sorts of different ingredients to, uh, to something and you, they, in a way you grow together, you know, the project grows again, it's really part of the process. And, you know, when you allow the process to happen and without controlling it too much, I think that's when you get next level magic. Mm. That everybody brings what they can and then let's see where this soup takes us as opposed to, this is the definite outcome that we must achieve, even though you're obviously always going towards some sort of general outcome. But um, this allowing really the magic to happen, that the project and the coming together of different um, creative abilities can produce. And I think that's exciting is to see that, you know, that something just gets born mm. that you didn't expect. Yes. I think that's, that's the most beautiful thing about collaborations is that you end up with this thing at the end that you didn't count on in the yeah, beginning. <laughs> I know. Have you got have you got a um a story or an example or just a favorite um experience that you've had of collaboration where it sort of took a turn and it it became this whimsical kind of or I mean I, I suppose they all do, don't they? They all turn into something a little bit different than what you expect, but have you got um a story? I think the yeah, I think like um, collaborating on books has been super interesting yeah. because, you know, I, I always um, nominate my beautiful publisher, Julie Gibbs, because, you know, she is the ultimate woman in understanding the creative process and allowing and trusting that the people that she, you know, is going to give a book contract to will, are, are going to, you know, they that they're good enough to, to deliver the goods and that she will allow them to have their creative process. And I think that in itself is extraordinary. So I think it's quite funny to make a book because mm. you sit around at the beginning and you kind of go get excited with the author. What about we do this, we do that, we do this, we do that. And why don't we add this in? So you, you sort of start with this general kind of discussion and rough concept. But the thing really gets made in the process. So... You know, I remember when I did my French Life with Vicky Archer, mm-hmm. again, we just kind of spitballed the idea at the beginning and then with Julie, who just has this incredible trust, allowed us just to go off and create that. 
And of course, it just got it created itself in a way, you know, because of us trusting and allowing each other to what, what do you think about this? What if we move this over here? What about we did this? Or what about if we got up at this time of day? And that's exciting yeah. because you don't imagine that before. And I think this is one of the things about being and doing things is that that's when the magic unfolds because you can logically try and think it out. But when you're there on the day and you, you go and stand in a different position, that's when you get a new idea or, you know, she might, you know, you, you swap information, you swap creative ideas. So I think that's, um, that's a lot of fun, you know, the creative process. I've certainly had um, creating books, you know, oh. you know, I had a wonderful time together um, and we really trusted each other's opinion and we were both very open and willing to try and do something different so but you know same I did um the Naples Way of Love with Lisa Clifford yeah and it was hilarious because you know she's a creative that has produced um numerous books by this stage I had done I don't know about five or six by this stage Julie gave us the book contract so she was you know a war horse in the sense of she'd done this so many times and we just we just had an idea and we had no contact. So we started on the street of Naples. We're like, okay, let's just let's walk go. outside and find someone to talk to. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh. And you know what? That one person said, you need to go and talk to this person. And that person, you need to go and talk to that person. And then, you know, and then this web of process I love to because, you know, once you can trust the process, you realise that that's actually a roadmap. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so then all of a sudden things start to fall into place naturally. Um, and, you know, we did have some, some rough ideas, of course, as I said before, but, uh, and then all of a sudden you've got this amazing product at the end that you've produced and really, you know, I like to think it kind of produces itself. Yep. You know, it's like that muse, that energetic force of creativity comes down, you get excited, you get joyous. It's like, oh, my God, how much fun can we make mm -hmm. this? Who would be the most delicious person that we could, you know, photograph or where could we go that's the most beautiful? And then allowing you, yourself to dream big and, and make it as good as you can, all of a sudden, you know, it does start to become this organic, beautiful product or process or whatever an outcome book we'll call it what you want but um that's that's what I've had the most joy in seeing you know on your own you you it's a different thing because you're trying you know you're trying to do all that on your own but I think when you do something with someone you're in you know um synergy with you basically you don't just double it you could mm. you know a thousand times it because you're bouncing off each other but, you know, it's important, obviously, that you, you work, you trust each and you trust and respect each other and that you, you know, have that openness and allowing of the other person's creativity and not trying to control it and shut it down. Yeah. So I think that's something that, that's good fun. Yeah. I think mm. collaborating is wonderful. And then I think that energy then flows on. And then it brings everyone else on the journey because if you see, like, with you know, your collaborations with Vicky and Lisa, like, they're just, you know, all of my girlfriends, we just, we love, I was talking to one yesterday, she and she actually took her kids, um, her husband and her, took four, four children to Italy for four months, about no, six months, I think it was back in 2016. And she, we were just talking about Italian Joy and um, your book uh, and just her flicking through that and just dreaming and then that was a massive risk for them to go and take 
a two-year-old and a, up to a, up to a twelve-year-old, and they just thought we have to do it. Like this is just life, you know. And so she had your books, and she was just flicking through them and just you know becoming immersed in the stories and and so just the way that those stories then just feed through and and bring people together. I mean, we all all my girlfriends talk about your books and. We all have them in our homes. Yeah, we all have them in our homes and we're going to come visit you. And um, just that, um, yeah, the connection and because it's it's real life and it's real stories and your photography and every all the storytelling through everything you do, it's all about it's so authentic because it's it's you just being in your element. And I think that's how we bring joy to the world um, is just by being ourselves and being doing the things we love and thriving and flourishing in that when we find it. Um, and collaborating is just, yeah, such a beautiful because it's, yeah, doing things with with another person. I think that's a, just a, a beautiful way, you know, a beautiful example of more tribe finding mm. simply by being, you know, just 100% yourself. You know, it's like Italian Joy brought me the beginnings of my true tribe. Mm. You know, like, of course, that resonated 100% with those people. Well, you know, certain percent. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the thing that we don't understand that when we do something that we really care about, doesn't matter on what level or where, but it amplifies. And then all of a sudden that attracts, you know, all of a sudden, oh, it's so funny when Italian Joy came out, I had people all around the world writing to me about, what they were eating because of the story about the Thai takeaway. Yes. And all of a sudden, all of these people resonated with my story and, you know, their lives and all that sort of stuff. And it attracted all of the right people straight away into my life. And I think we, we just can't imagine this, um, that that's such a simple thing of you doing what you like can have bigger, you know, um, implications in the world. Uh, and how that could inspire people to change their lives or do something differently. And I think that's super exciting by just being you. Just mm-hmm. by, you know, I remember when I sat down, I started making that book. It was in winter in Florence. And I remember thinking, what am I going to write? And my, uh, my, publicist, I mean, my publisher, Julie, she was so mm-hmm. clever when I uh, actually left the you know with my contract I was in the lift on the way down she said remember this um a thousand days in Venice which was a book I loved and she said I said yeah yeah, I love that book and she goes that woman was very honest Mm. and I thought oh god do I have to be honest (laughs) (laughs) and when I got back to Italy I'm sitting there in the dark it was the winter and I started just to write things down and I thought well no one's going to read this anyway so I might as well just tell the truth and that's really how it kind of how it came about so yeah that's how I started was just okay well I'll just tell it as it is and I think people appreciated that vulnerability and honesty and you know I realized that vulnerability is a superpower so you know I got got so much incredible goodness from just being honest yeah and willing to be vulnerable you know by telling it as it was so Mm, it's actually simpler than we think isn't it just it's Take, so simple. Taking the but layers off. Yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> we we actually do. It, you know, we really complicate it. And uh, I think society makes it really complicated for us. It takes away our rudder when we're young and, you know, creates all these logical steps that you need to go through as an adult and that you need to achieve this, this and this. And you, you, you've lost your rudder so long ago that you don't really know how to get that back. And I think that's... Um, 
where a lot of us all end up and it's like okay well what do we do now and we just don't know where to go because mm. we've lost that rudder and we, it's you know as you said at the very beginning of this this chat was you know we are always there inside what we want and who we are it's always there it never goes away it might be buried under mm-hmm. a lot of stuff right yeah. now but it just needs to be chipped away taken off let go of and you're you're there so just never be fearful that there isn't a special life or your version of a special life for you it's just you know you just have to start you know letting go of all the stuff that's not true for you that's all mm-hmm Yes, here's to finding finding that rudder that's already there. And, um, that's right. It's already it's always there. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much you know, how many bad experiences you've had, how much you've been through. Um, you know, it's always there for you just to dig up and uh, let shine. You know, take away all that stuff and just let let your brilliant, beautiful you be seen and heard and and just to connect to joy you know and just the simplest ways to just start allowing yourself to connect to to joy it could be sitting for five minutes in the sun or you know going for a swim i love swimming of course so you can hear i'm always talking about swimming <laughs> so you know um doing things that just make you feel pleasurable like you know for me it was also photography just i walk around in the mornings and i look at all the bits in life i love and that makes me happy so i just keep allowing joy always daily into my life so that's a very easy way to start yes oh so beautiful oh well thank you my friend for this amazing conversation i know we're all listening together smiling and going oh, yes we can do the things we love even if we haven't completely figured them out yet so yes i would love to spread that joy and if people want to contact you and follow you and if they're interested in your mentoring program how can we what's the best way to connect with you just the best way is um, through my website uh, at carlacolson.com and uh, yes that's all it's all there you can find me um, through that that's the best one-stop shop to find me <laughs> beautiful so, yeah. oh yay well as you uh, as we all take our risks I've got um, the hashtag 1 million risks so we can all celebrate all the risks that even the baby step risks like making one tiny little phone Ooh. call so we'll be uh, yeah. celebrating that and um yeah one tiny little phone call can open up a million opportunities hashtag <laughs> yes <laughs> oh so, you know, phone call can change your life i mean one thing can change your, change your life and i think you know it's creating opportunities that's why going out of your comfort zone is so exciting you're literally creating opportunities so Yes, here's to the stories. And bravo to you in that box. Love you, darling. I love everything you do and all the goodness you're bringing to the world and all the risks you're taking. You are a bright light, so keep doing that. Thank you so much. We'll chat soon. My pleasure. All right. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Risk Takers podcast. Please share this with as many people as you can. And if you loved it, please give us a five-star rating so more people can be encouraged. I would love to add you to our risk list. So let me know when you take your first step. Hashtag 1 million risks and send me an email via natbox.com.au so we can all cheer each other on. And whatever you're facing right now, just know that you're not alone. You're braver and more courageous than you think. I'll see you next time. Love you. Love you.